Hi there, my name is Ariana, and welcome to our Church on the Move online service. We're so excited you decided to join us, but before we get started, I want to tell you a few ways you can get involved wherever you're watching from and how you can be a part of the Church on the Move family. If you haven't already, we would love to connect with you online by having you like our Facebook page or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find out everything that's happening at Church on the Move and stay connected to all our different events and ministries that are making a difference right here in Roswell, New Mexico. When you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'll get notifications when we go live and when we post new content like sermon series, special events, and even videos for kids. At Church on the Move, we strongly believe in the power of prayer. Throughout today's service, we have a team of people that will stand in agreement with you and pray with you during our service online. If you'd rather have someone pray with you privately, you can visit cotmroswell.com prayer, and one of our staff members will gladly stand in agreement with you. If you live in the Roswell, New Mexico area, we would love to invite you to our in-person service that happens every Sunday at 9, 1045, 1230, and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We believe you'll feel right at home and that you'll experience true life change whether you're in person or right here with us online. So let's get started. Church on the Move, it's great to be with you today. We're so glad you're in service with us. And whether you're with us online, here in the room, we're so excited to be able to worship our God all together. One voice is one church. And who's excited to be here tonight? All right. Hey, come on, let's sing. Tearing down the lies that I believe Breaking through the selfish parts of me Truth has come and set this captive free Your love has opened up my eyes to see Come on! And Jesus, I'm yours Forever I surrender all Oh, okay. 
Grace when I'm feeling worn. Grace when I don't believe it. Grace found in every turn. Grace in the deepest valley. Grace when the night is long. Grace found in every season. Grace has the
pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Father, as we stand in your goodness tonight and sing about you and sing to you, Father, we know that the power of Jesus is moving in our lives. And Father, we would never have that if it wasn't for your unfailing love towards us to send your son Jesus when we didn't deserve it. So Father, we pray for people tonight all over our city, state, and nation as they hear the gospel of Jesus. Father, we pray that they discover that powerful love of Jesus. And Father God, through the power of the name, Father, we pray, Lord, that their lives are set free tonight, that they, they discover their purpose. Father God, that they discover what you have in store for them. And Lord, we thank you for the churches and the pastors who are, who are spreading that gospel of Jesus. For our brothers and sisters, Lord, we pray that you would Bless them and give them everything that they need, Father. Lord, for the pastors of those churches, our spiritual leaders, we pray that you take care of them and their families, Father God. Lord, and help them to reach as many people as possible in these days, Father God, so that people don't go to hell, but people come to heaven and spend an eternity with you, Father. And Lord, we pray for the other leaders in our lives and those who serve us. All those who are in our government, Father, we pray, Lord, for those that obey you, we pray that you bless them and expand their influence. For those who are against you, Father God, we pray that they would be removed from office in Jesus' name. That our nation would be a Christian nation, Father God, united under your name. And Lord, we pray for our military, law enforcement, and first responders. We pray as they rush in to help other people, Father God, that as they stand for freedom and for justice, Lord, that you would protect them. Bless their families tonight too, as well, Father. And Lord, we're ready to receive the word from our pastor and the other ministers on this campus. We know that your word is powerful for the tearing down of strongholds. We know that your word, Father God, is powerful for the building up of the saints. So tonight, Lord, we receive your word. And for each and every one of us, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would have your way in our lives. And we pray this all in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, and all the people of God said, amen. Let's thank him one more time, church family. Let's thank him like we mean it. Let's thank him like we love him. Praise you, Father. Glory to your name. Well, it is awesome to see all of you tonight. Hey, before you're seated, your husband and wife feel free to greet each other with a hug and a kiss. And you can get five or six people around you, a high five, a fist bump, a handshake, or a hug. It is so good to see all of you tonight. Before Pastor Troy comes up to share the message with us, we wanna take just a moment and welcome all of you who are joining us online. Thank you so much for joining us for service this evening. And if you're in the room tonight, this is your first time here, we wanna say thank you for coming and spending your Wednesday evening with us. Welcome to Church on the Move. We would really like to get to meet you and we would like to have a gift delivered to your home for being our guest. The way we do that is our ushers have some cards that we would like to get to you. Once you receive that card, if you would please go ahead and fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket when it comes by here in just a few moments. Then when service is over, we have prepared a place for you out by our coffee shop 
please meet us out there. That's why we'd like to chat with you and hopefully get to know you just a little bit. So if you are here for the first time tonight, would you do us a favor? Would you mind lifting your hand so we can welcome you and one of our ushers can hand you that card? Good to see y'all. We're glad that you're here tonight. Nice to have you with us. There are ushers coming up behind all of you. Please keep your hands up. They're coming up behind you right now. So good to see all of you. If anyone needs a tithing offering envelope or if you need a care card for a prayer request or a praise report, go ahead and lift your hand. One of our ushers will be glad to get that for you. We do want our guests to know that we are not placing any expectation on you to give. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter eleven twenty five, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them and those who pours and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. You know, I read, this, uh, I read this scripture and gave this testimony on Sunday, and then I had two other testimonies come to me on the other side of this, which is really cool. People who live their lives to bless others, and they've been blessed. And so I'm gonna tell you one tonight, and then I'm gonna tell you an awesome one on Sunday. So make sure that you don't miss this on Sunday. But, uh, but this family comes in and, and talks to me, and they're like, hey, you know, we, uh, we've been getting blessed like crazy over the last month, church family, and, and I, sometimes I don't even know how to put these stories together because I'm like, God, that just don't, that doesn't even make sense. But over the last month, six checks have come into their household from unexpected sources. This isn't their paycheck. This, this isn't one of their relatives sending them checks. It's just random checks coming into their house, six checks that have equaled $8,200 have come into their home. Just unexpected income. And church family, man, I don't care if you believe this stuff or not because I live this stuff and a lot of the people sitting next to you live this stuff. And if you'll be faithful to the Lord and you'll tithe and you'll give, you'll begin to live this stuff because God's word is always true. And when he says you live your life to bless someone, I'll make sure you're blessed, that's exactly what he means. Amen? Amen. So let's bless him tonight. Let's tithe and let's give. As yesters get ready to come up and receive the tithes and offerings, if you would please go ahead and direct your attention to the announcements. We will be feeding all of our law enforcement and first responders a free steak lunch on Friday, July 28th. If you'd like to help serve or if you'd like to make a dessert, you can sign up at the Information Center after service. The church office will be closed July 20th and 21st. If there's an emergency in your family, you can still call the church office and press one to speak to an on-call pastor. Here at Church on the Move, we believe save people, serve people. If you are interested in serving in a ministry, Unite is the perfect opportunity to get involved. Our first Unite class will begin Sunday, August 6th, and you can sign up out in the lobby. For more information on anything you've heard today, make sure to download our church app. Now let's give God praise as we welcome up our pastor, Troy Smotherman. We give all the glory to our Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Delisha. Thank you, James. Man, oh man, you guys came ready to praise God tonight. That's incredible. You know, I want to say something about what Pastor Sean had said about living generously. Someone might think, well, how do you live generously? You know, God says that you begin by living generously by the first thing, Hey, buddy, good to see you. Um, by the first thing is giving your first fruits to God. Giving your first fruits to God. So it begins by tithing. And when I, I was very stingy growing up, man, we didn't have a lot. So when I got a hold of some money, we're just a simple middle-class family, so you got a hold of a couple bucks, man. And back then, for some of you young people, I mean, gas was like 75 cents, 
you know, a gallon. And, uh, man, you could, with $5, man, you could, I mean, you have $5, that's a couple nights of eating. You could go to McDonald's for like $1.25 and get a Big Mac and fries. I mean, you know, that, I'm old. I get it. I'm old. And so, but uh, inflation drives all those prices up. But, you know, we, 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 you know, I just, if I had money, man, it was like special to me. So I hung on to it. And I wasn't a giver. I wasn't generous at all. I, I learned, matter of fact, to be greedy. And, man, I had older brothers. I was the youngest of five. And, you know, sometimes my mom would bring home the groceries. That was one of the few things I, I offered and volunteered to do. I, I, I tried to disappear. You know, they made us do housework and yard work. And I had chores all the time before I could leave the house. But I volunteered to bring the groceries in because I knew if I did, if my mom bought any sweets, I would take them and hide them in my room. Like, if she got a box of Twinkies, I'd just take that box and go take it and stick it on my bed. At night... I'd wait till I think my brothers were asleep, and I'd pull that box out, and just, I'd be eating, I'd eat two or three of them every night, man. I had, a, I had 13 cavities one year. My parents could not figure it out. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what I've been doing. I'm serious. I had a ton of cavities. I brushed my teeth. They made me brush my teeth all the time, but I ate so much sweets. But, guys, it was just, it was greed. I never thought I'd have enough. It's greed. And I grew up kind of thinking that way. Even though my parents were very generous to us, I wasn't a generous person at all to anybody. And my friends never asked me to borrow money because one of them one time did, and I hounded him like a man, like a Shylock, like, some, like a, somebody that's loaning money on the street. Man, I was all over him. I was going to charge him interest. I mean, I, I was, I mean, every day I called and they said, where's my money? It's like $2. But I, I hounded them, and they finally gave it to him. All my friends were like, don't borrow money from Smotherman. He will hound you. Because I didn't like giving it, you know. And I just wasn't a generous person at all. And I remember I got, I got saved, and I got born again. And all of a sudden, I find out I'm supposed to give 10% of my money to God, my first fruits. I'm like, oh, boy. He wants 10 I won't even give a dollar. He wants 10%. I just started working. You know, I've been working my, pretty much since I was a kid. But, I, I, you know, I had little side jobs and stuff in the summer. So I had a little income. And, and man, I, I'm like, golly, i got to give 10%. Even the money my parents gave me, I had to give 10% of it. It took me a while to figure it out. But once I read it in the Word, it said, if you'll give your first fruits to God, what you're saying is I'm trusting God. And when I began to do that, that's when God broke that spirit of greed off of me. He just broke it off. He just broke the spirit of greed off of me. And as I grew as a Christian, I just became more and more. I looked for ways to be generous as I grew. We, Julie and I looked for ways to be not just givers, but to be generous givers. And our church is known for it. Our church is known for it. Uh, one of our elders, Charlie, was telling me the other day, or today, tonight, that he ran into somebody and they said, they'd never come to our church. They're older and they've been in the community a long time and they just told him, they said, Man, that church does a lot for the community. Why? Because we're, we're all generous givers, and then we're, as a church community, we're generous givers as a church family. And we want to give generous. We don't go halfway. We don't go halfway. That drone show, man, that thing was off the chain. We don't go halfway. If we're going to give to our community, we're going to go all the way. And, you know, with Forge, we're, we're about to give another $17,000 away to our community. And guys, we get phone calls all the time helping single moms and different people that are in tough situations. And we don't help everybody because we can't, but we help everybody we can. And we, who I like to help is people who are helping themselves. 
Because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, the exact opposite wisdom that the world uses, God says it's the opposite of that. So I, I know a ministry that had a soup kitchen. And the, the soup kitchen was in trouble. They didn't own it yet. And the people that did own this, this community kitchen, it's up in Albuquerque, they were going broke. And they had also a rehab, and they tried to get people into the soup kitchen to check into the rehab. Well, the rehab was half empty, if not more. But everybody came to eat. When this other church took it over and paid off the debt and took it over, they figured out that if they stopped the soup kitchen, the rehab would be full. You know, see, sometimes when we use the wisdom of the world, we, we make a lot of mistakes. So they stopped the soup kitchen. All of a sudden, those same people are saying, hey, we can't get anything to eat here anymore. No, but you can come into the rehab, get something to eat. It filled that up. They have a waiting list. It went from empty. See, when we use the wisdom of the world, we, we can mess up a lot of things, guys. We can become an enabler instead of someone that's actually helping. And we don't want to be enablers. We want to be someone that's actually helping somebody. And when we follow the wisdom of God and the word of God, that's, that's when good things are going to start taking place. I say it all the time. You cannot violate wisdom and use your faith. People want to violate and violate wisdom and then say, I'm going to use my faith to overcome that situation. You can't overcome God's wisdom with, with trying to have faith in him. You can't overcome his wisdom. He'll take you right back to wisdom. He'll say, hold on a second. I thank you for trusting me, believing in me, but you need to do, you got some wisdom stuff you need to do. There's some practical things you need to do that your faith will, will partner with wisdom and help you overcome circumstances and situations. And so it's real important that we follow the word of God and not follow the word of man. I, this, is what I, this is what the word of God talks about when it talks about the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God. It, it it's, it's talks about that there's an earthly wisdom that's demonically inspired in a heavenly wisdom that's God-inspired. And we'll talk more about this in the next few weeks. But there's a difference in wisdom. One's demonically inspired. One is heavenly, God-inspired. In that we have to choose which one we follow. And if we choose the one that is not from God, then we're actually following the enemy into a trap. And this is what people say that gets them in trouble. I think. I think will get you in a lot of trouble. Instead of the word of God says. And you know, we have no excuse in today's culture because all you have to do is Google it. I use Google all the time, man. I Google constantly. I do. That's one of the few things technologically I know how to do. And so, I, I mean, I Google all the time. And so you can find, if you're like, man, what does God say about this subject? You Google that subject and say, give me scriptures on this subject. Man, you get, you get 30 scriptures on that subject. And you can go right to the Word and find out what God says, not what I think or you think. He says this in Proverbs, do not lean on your own understanding. And that's what people do. They say, in my opinion, or I think. Man, guys, I, I want to say the Word of God says. The Word of God says this about that. The Word of God says this about that. And when we stick with the Word, the Word is alive and powerful. It's alive and powerful. It'll, it'll add God's power and life to your life. 
And so when you stick to the word when it comes to generosity and you begin to honor God with your first fruits, he'll break the spirit of greed off of you or the spirit of poverty, which is basically the same, a lot of of times the same thing. And he'll break that spirit off of you and, and pour into you. He didn't just take something away. He doesn't add something to. He'll add the spirit of generosity to you, his spirit to you. And you'll become a generous person with what you have. And generous might be giving someone five bucks. So generous might be buying someone a Coke. I, I mean, it could be, generous could be just, you might not have the, the actual finances at the moment because you need to pay your bills first. You need to honor God first. And so you, you might just give your time to somebody. To me, that's, that's the most precious commodity on the planet. Money's not my, my number one treasure. You know, my number one treasure is my relationship with God and my family and the church. But, but guys, my, my treasure just in, in and of myself is my time. And so you can give time to somebody. That's a treasure. I mean, we only have so much of it. Money comes and goes, but time just goes. It just goes. It doesn't come and go. It just goes. And so, I mean, you can give. You can be generous and not even have a time. And what what will happen is when you become generous with your time, you'll be shocked what God will begin to do in your life. He said those who live to bless, those who live to be a blessing will be blessed and get the favor of God. That's God's word. That's God's promise. He says it over and over and over again talking about a generous person. He said, I won't do without a prompt to do it, cheerful giver. What does it mean he won't do without? He'll extend your life. He'll extend your life, and he'll put you in position to be a giver because he knows you will be. Oh, come on now. I wasn't planning on saying any of that. But that just sparked that, that, that God broke the spirit of greed off of me by me having to relinquish 10% of my end. At first, for years, I tithed off my, my net. And I remember when Julie and I moved from Tulsa, my company transferred me to Lubbock. And when we transferred, I said, Julie, we're done doing that. We're going to tithe off our gross. And when we did that, that's when door after door started opening. That's when the ministry door opened. I think God was waiting on us. And when that happened, then, man, then things start, started taking off. The favor of God was poured out upon us, and his favor was incredible. I'll take God's favor over anything in the planet. I take God's favor over winning the lottery. I'd rather have God's favor. That money will come and go. But God's favor, man, it's forever. And it's more valuable and more precious. One moment of favor with God can change your entire lifetime. Can change your entire life. And he said, I love generous people that look to be a blessing. He said, I love them and I'm going to bless them and I'm going to show them my favor. You want to break the spirit of greed and poverty off your family for generations? You want to break generational curses of poverty and lack, not being able to pay the bills, not being able to repair your home? Julie and I, the only time we went backwards financially is when I would make excuses for the goodness of God. Because I was in business, we bought a brand new house in Lubbock, and it was probably two years old. We bought a house in Lubbock, and I was we're very prosperous, and then we went into the ministry, and we didn't have that kind of income, but we still had the house. We still afford the house and that kind of thing. Uh, uh, barely. We could barely afford anything at that point, but, but we could, and we always managed our finances as well, but um, when people would come over, now that I was a pastor, when, before I was a pastor, no one thought anything of it, but as soon as I became a pastor, they would say, how'd you get this house? 
And I'd make all, hey, I was in business. That was way before I became a pastor. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm going to live. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, we just apologized. We didn't even want people to come over and see our house. And then when we moved the next time to another place in ministry, which was a, a promotion, but we got demoted on the house. We moved into like a 40-year-old house that was falling apart, and every dime we have, we had to put in the house. And I'm like, God, what is up? He said, when you quit making excuses and start bragging on me, you're not bragging on you, Troy. You're bragging on me. You won't give me any glory. You won't give me any credit for your blessings. Matter of fact, you make excuses for it, and you act like, man, you shouldn't have anything. Man, how am I going to bless you when you don't even give me glory or honor and thanks? You don't even thank me and tell people how good I am. Man, we learned a valuable lesson. We learned a big-time lesson. I will not not brag on the goodness of God. He's so good. You're not, you're not bragging on you. Pastor Sean's not telling those stories, bragging on those people. He's bragging on the goodness of God, how good God is and how he keeps his word. He'll always keep his word. Now, I want to do something before I get into my message tonight, but I want to say this. If you're dealing, uh, that, that spirit of anxiety and fear, worry, depression, I mean, if you're dealing with that right now, I just believe God wants to break it off some people in this room right now. You know, I know people that have panic attacks and deal with stuff like that. And, man, God don't want you dealing with that. I know people have such anxiety under pressure, like, or whatever the situation might be, that just, they get under pressure and they just get so anxious they don't perform at their best. I know people that get in situations that they're real uncomfortable with, talking to people, and they get real anxious, and they walk away kicking themselves like, man, I just came across so weird. I sounded so stupid. And, and they're like, I'm not, I just... I get, I get nervous when I talk to people. I get nervous when I'm in this situation and I just don't perform at my best. They just get anxious. And God doesn't want you to be. He said, be anxious for nothing. He said, be anxious for nothing. He said, do not worry. It's a commandment. Do not worry. He also gave another commandment. Do not fear. And so God wants to break that off of some of you in this room right now. He wants to break it. So I just want you, I'm not going to have anybody stand up or raise their hand or do anything and not acknowledge you in any way, shape, or form. But if you're dealing with any of that anxiety, you're dealing with fear, you're dealing with worry, depression, man, God wants to break some of that off of you right now. And so I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus just like that song said. In the name of Jesus, and this goes for people online too. For those online, if you're dealing with that, in the name of Jesus, I command... The spirit of anxiety, worry, fear, depression to go now and lift off. Lift off the people here now in the name of Jesus. Yes, I'll do that, Lord. So let me, let me tell you something. The Bible says that if you make a vow, God will hold you to it. So if you vow this, if you say, if you say this is a vow. I'm always anxious when I do this. I'm always worried. I'm always afraid. And you're, you're make, you don't realize you're declaring these things over your life and you're making a vow. And God says he'll hold you to that vow. And that vow, a vow, he said, a vow said hastily will, will bring a curse on your life. But you can break that vow. 
tonight. So I want to ask everybody to pray this because I don't want to point anybody out that might be dealing with this. So whether you're dealing with it or not, I'm going to ask you to pray this. But I want you to think, if you speak those things over yourself, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I never perform well, I can't, any of those kind of vows that you've been speaking, maybe you thought it since you were a child, and man, I just don't, under pressure, I just can't perform under this, and maybe that's you, or I'm depressed, I'm always down, and you've been speaking that over yourself, and vowing that, and speaking that over your life, this is a moment to break it. So I'm going to ask you just to say this right now, say this, God... I ask you to forgive me for speaking anything over my life that's not from your word. Because if it's not from your word, it's not truth. So it's a lie. So I break every vow that I have spoken concerning anxiety, worry, fear, in depression, anything I've spoken over my life repeatedly, that's not from you. I break it now, those vows, in the name of Jesus. And I receive the deliverance in the name of Jesus that Pastor Troy just spoke over my life. I am free from anxiety, worry, fear, and depression. Right now, I'm full of your spirit and confidence in you, in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I could just sense some... Some of you got free tonight. That's awesome. That's what God, Jesus went about healing all that were sick and those oppressed of the devil, setting them free. He's delivering you from a spirit that's oppressing you. Oppression is holding you back, pushing you down, holding you back from what God wants you to do, what God's called you to do, and from God blessing your life. So that spirit of oppression, remember tonight, if it ever tries to come back, you speak to it and say, in the name of Jesus, I told you to go. You can't come back anymore. You're not coming back into my life. Amen? Listen, uh, a couple Wednesdays ago when I preached, I started in Hebrews chapter 12, and I started in verse 25, and I talked about three ways in which God speaks, and he talks about them all right here. Um, Actually, yeah, it starts, I think, in 25. It does, if I can find that in this fine print. It says, uh, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. So what he's talking about, when he references the Old Testament to Sinai, he's talking about the God that spoke to Moses and gave the Ten Commandments and also the God that spoke to the children of Israel from that mountain. So what is he referring to? He said, the same God that spoke on Sinai is the same God that speaks now and he speaks from heaven. He's referring referring to his word. So the primary way in which God speaks to us is through his word. That's primary. Then he goes into two other ways, that are, or at least one other way, or two other ways that he speaks. He says this. He says, those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? We know there's two types of wisdom. Wisdom that comes from heaven, wisdom that comes, we already re- referred to that, wisdom that comes from the earth, or worldly wisdom, human wisdom, demonically inspired wisdom. 
God said, man, I'm speaking my wisdom directly from heaven into your life. He does that not because he's trying to control us, but God wants us to live our best life here on earth and be a blessing to others. He speaks that because he cares. He's speaking into our lives because he cares about us. He loves us. He says, we're the apple of his eye. So then why do bad things happen, Pastor Troy? Because of human beings. Not obeying the word of God. Parents not obeying the word. Not following the, the, the word of God. People not following. Nations not following the word. They've chosen to follow the enemy in the, in the word that comes from hell, that comes from Satan, a demonically inspired wisdom, an earthly wisdom. They follow that, and that causes, that causes all the damage. And when we cooperate with Satan, what do you think we're going to get? He's evil. We're going to get evil. We're going to get sin in our own lives. We're going to sow evil. If you sow evil in your own life, you're going to reap evil in your own life. And you're going you're to hurt others with the evil that you, that you uh, do. And you're going to inspire them to do evil. The Bible says we overcome evil by good. We do good things. That's how we overcome evil. But most people want to repay evil for evil. But God said, no, you repay evil with good, and if you do it according to my word, you'll overcome evil. You'll shut the mouth of evil. He said, let your good deeds speak so loudly that even people who hate you will speak good things of you. He said, you'll shut their mouth. They'll stop talking about you when you're good to them. I mean, Julie and I have, have proven that out with some people in the community that we have just continually be good to, and they, they, they've shut up. We're just good to them. I don't know how many times I've seen people out in the community that I know have talked about our church and talked about us, and man, I buy them lunch. I let them know I did it too. Seriously, I don't do it anonymously. I want them to know. I know, they know I know, but they also know, hey, I'm not gonna repay evil for evil. I'm gonna be good to you. You do what you want to do, but I'm going to be good to you. You know what? That shuts their mouth. God's word is always true. It says it'll shut them up. And then if you do enough good to them, you'll turn them around. They'll start speaking good about you. They'll say, yeah, I know, but golly, they've been good to me. What do you say to that when someone's good to you and repeatedly does it? It just, it just quiets them. God's word is always true in every man, every opinion of man that is opposite of God's word is a lie, the Bible says. It's a lie. It's not the truth. And so God says, I'm speaking and you can't escape it. He said, man, you need to hear the warnings I speak from heaven. There's tons of warnings. I want to give you one. You need to be ready for Jesus to come back. He said to every generation, you need to be prepared. I mean, if you're not prepared tonight, I'm going to give you a chance to get prepared. To be prepared for Jesus to come back at any time or for your life to end any time and go to heaven, he's a prayer away right now, right here in this room, right here online, he's a prayer away. You make a commitment from your heart, he'll save your life. Guys, the way things are unfolding, Pastor Sean and I, uh, in our podcast, The All-American View, we watched a video on AI from two guys, I don't think they're Christians, there's two computer, computer guys, kind of nerdy guys, but they're sharp as can be, and they explain how AI is about to radically change our lives in the next two years. They said 2024 will be the last year that human beings 
uh, control an election. I'm not talking about counting votes or that kind of thing, but that human beings control any information that by 2025, AI will put out all the information for every candidate and every campaign. They say they can deep fake. Listen, you need to be real careful on robocalls because all they need is three seconds of your voice and they showed how they had three seconds of this woman's voice and how AI took over and it was perfectly her voice. And then I, I stopped the video and I said, I know that's already happened because somebody called a mom and said, hey mom, I'm in trouble, I need money. And she sent the money to her daughter, found out it was a deep fake. They had they'd called her daughter and got three seconds of her voice, duplicated it, and had her call, had that voice, AI, call her mom and say, I'm in trouble, and got money out of her. That's a national story. And so, guys, we've got things coming and things gonna happen so fast and so rapidly that with deep fake filters and AI, I mean, I'm gonna I'll get deep into it here, here before too long. I mean, guys. We, we talked about it on our podcast. Pastor Sean brought it up. We, we began to talk about it, that the Bible says, I have to cut these days short or even my elect will be deceived. They said in this, in this, uh, in, they said in this uh, video that, that um, they are decoding reality. So they use these, these technical millennial words, decoding reality. What it means is they're changing truth. Right now, the Chinese government is rewriting the Bible. That Jesus is now a murderer. That's how, the, that's how they're re... Look, Google it, any national news. Not right now. Because I have a tendency, anything comes up, I Google it right away. But any national news, the Chinese government is rewriting the Bible, making Jesus a murderer because they want to turn people off. Because they know when people get born again and they get Jesus, they'll demand freedom. Because God's a God of freedom. And they're, they're death, the one thing they're deathly afraid of is Christianity. That's why communism, they, they teach um, uh, you, you to be an atheist, that there is no God, that the government's God. That's why they teach it, because if, if any people discover Jesus, they'll fight for freedom. They're like, hold on a second. That's unjust. That's not right. You're not God. God's God. And they'll fight for freedom. So they're rewriting the Bible to try to discredit Jesus. In AI, I mean, guys, with AI, these filters, they showed this filter. I, I couldn't believe this filter. It's still making us shake our head how it changed this woman. It looked kind of like her, but it changed her so much, and you couldn't tell it was a filter like it could. A few years ago, I, I never look at that stuff, but someone showed me every once in a while, and you're like, it looks fake. Now it's, it's so good, you can't tell. We know computer graphics, CG has gotten so good at making some actors look younger that, man, now we're like, wow, I know that guy's not that young, but that is incredible computer graphics. You have to understand the level of deception they're about to pour out. He, they said on there, if the Chinese government wanted to totally disrupt our elections, all they had to do in 2025 was deep fake and create this model of Biden and Trump and have them say whatever they want them to say and just flood, have AI, artificial intelligence, flood the airways. Flood the airways with so much disinformation and so many lies that no one would know what the truth was. No one would know the truth. No one would know the truth. AI is incredible. 
I mean, it's at a whole another level of learning and anticipating. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what the really freaky one was. This freak you out. They took an MRI of people's brains and showed them a picture. AI read their brain scan, couldn't see the picture, read that human being's brain scan, and on, I'd say it was, on one of it was 100% accurate, the other one it was about 80% accurate. They could read your brain, your thoughts, through an MRI, the AI could. By watching the synapses and color changes in your mind, they read, one of them, they read it perfectly. So through an MRI, you can imagine if they put MRI machines in airports and other places and they could read your thoughts all day long. So not only AI can read your thoughts through a, through a scan, AI can send you thoughts based on what you're thinking and totally manipulate your thinking. You have to understand, guys, we're about to enter to a level of deception that the Antichrist is driving this, this, this computer stuff. And, and it's not all evil. There's some good that can come out of it. And there's, I mean, God can use it for good, but it's all in the hands of people. And the, 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 the Antichrist is going to drive this, and the level of deception is going to be so great. Jesus said, I'm going to have to cut the day short, and I'm going to have to rescue my people before even they are deceived. Because we're not going to know what reality is. Guys, they are decoding reality. We're not going to know what's true and what's not. And we're not going to be able to figure it out on any kind of computer system. Because AI, as soon as you type in this search, they're going to send you the search they want you to have. They already do it right now. There's already certain subjects we've looked up on our podcast that you look it up, you can't find the opposition facts. You can't find the information that is opposing what they're trying to feed us. We, we need to be aware of God's warnings. He warns us all the time, be ready. How do I be ready? You submit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ from your heart, and you're ready. That's all you got to do. Is, that's how you be ready. Say, I surrender my life to Jesus, and I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to do what your word says to do because I'm listening to the warnings. I know this, that despite whatever deception and stuff they they, they try to sow on us. If we stick to the word, we're going to be fine. We'll always know the truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the word of God made flesh. So this, this word is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we stick to it, we're going to be all right. But if you don't know it, you're going to be deceived. When I teach the sermon on the kingdom of the cults and talk to you how slick some of these cults are, and I'm not just talking about some crazy cult. I'm talking about cults that have buildings in our cities all over America and all over the world. How slick they are in just altering the word of God. They're slick. Satan is subtle. And he's deceived many. He's good at it. He's been doing it since the beginning. And so we need to know the word and heed the warnings of God and, and know that he primarily speaks through his word. Then he says this, the earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain, but now he, he has promised, once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. I talked about that he communicates through his word primarily, then he communicates through shaking. He'll shake your life. He'll shake your life up, not for bad, not like he's trying to, you know, hurt you, you know, he'll just shake your life up because he's trying to get stuff off of you and put stuff in you. You know, I like, you know, he said, 
I'll give to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over if you'll be a generous giver. I mean, so all shaking's not bad. Some of it's making room for more. Some of it's making room for more peace, more power, more life, more, more love, more caring, more wisdom. He sh- he'll shake you up and say, oh, man, you're getting a little fool. I'm going to shake you up and pack you down so I can put some more in you. Not all shaking's bad, but he does communicate through shaking your life and saying, hey, you need to get this right. He'll shake it up. And sometimes it's a heavy warning. Sometimes it's a serious shaking. I've never seen so many people fight for their marriage until they think their marriage is over. Or fight for their kids and turn to God when one of their kids is something serious happens to them. Then I walk in the room and all these fathers and mothers that have rejected God and say, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to do what God does. I, I'm going to just party and live my own life and do my own thing. Not necessarily doing anything illegal or anything like that. Just evil, just selfish. Just I'm going to live my own life and do my own thing. But their child gets in trouble. All of a sudden, they want someone like me and you to walk in the room. They want us to walk in. And we do. We come in the room and they're like, man, please pray. Their life's getting shaken. You have to understand your life's going to be shaken. It's a warning. It'll either be shaken so he can pack more goodness in you or shaken so he can wake you up. But he said, I will shake your life. I'll shake your marriage. I'll shake you as a mother and a father and say, you better wake up and start paying attention to these kids. You better start teaching them something different than what you're teaching them because they're going a wrong direction because you're living in a wrong direction. I'd rather him shake, shake me to pack some more goodness in me than to shake, have to shake me because I won't listen. Listen, he's a good father. He loves us. He wants to save your life. He wants you to go to heaven forever, not hell. He died so we could go to heaven. I'd rather listen to his word than have to be shaken. He'll always start with a word. You know, with my children, I got to a place where I, I learned just to, as a father, I would just speak and say, hey, listen, let's talk about this. You need to stop doing this. You stop back talking to your mother, son. You need to stop it. I'm going to be reasonable, and I'm just going to talk to you about it right now. We're just going to have a conversation. And this is what I expect from you, and this is what I'd like you to do, and this is what the Word of God says. Honor your mother and father, and it will go well. You'll have a long life, and it'll go well with you. You need to, you need to show honor. You need to show some respect. You don't talk like that to your mom. I very rarely had to say that about me because they know I'm going to respond quickly. So you, so listen, if they did talk that way to me, they all know, Julie knows, they know, I'm going to be, I'm going to say, hey, knock that off, stop doing that, but calm down, lower your tone of voice, let's get this right, and then if they keep it up, then I'm coming up out of that chair quick. They'll hear that pop of that recliner, boom, and it's like, oh no, dad just got, anybody know what I'm talking about? My dad was the same way. He was like, I heard that. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'll stop, I promise. And I get up, and now I'm going to shake you. Now we're having a different conversation, right? That's exactly, God's a better father than we are. He speaks to us logically. Hey, I've got some wisdom in here I want you to follow. I have 31 Proverbs for 31 days of the month. Maybe I ought to read some of those. There's a lot of wisdom in there how to conduct your life. And the number one thing in there is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is that you better first show me some respect. That's what God says. Show me, take me seriously at my word and show me some respect. 
It's, just, it's no different in your home. Can I just kick your front door down and walk in your house, get something out of the kitchen and sit on your couch? Would you not think that was disrespectful? You'd be like, Pastor, he's nuts. Get out of my house. Put my channel changer down. That's sacrilegious. Touch my channel changer. And so, listen, guys, I, I, that's disrespectful to your home. I would never disrespect your home like that. And this is God's house. He built the whole thing. And he won't be disrespected. So the first thing we need to do is that we're living in God's house. We're living on God's time. We're living in the body God created. He created us and everything else. We're living in his place. And he's like, man, you're my kids. Enjoy it, but don't disrespect me. My kids have access to everything. I mean, they, they, are, they were all grazers, man. Every couple minutes I could hear some cabinets flipping in the back. They're just eating constantly. Constantly eating. And so, but guys, and they were welcome to it. They didn't have to ask me every time. They went, hey, Dad, can I, can I have a sandwich? Or can I get some chips? Or can I eat this or eat that? No, 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 no. They just went and did it. And I'm cool with that. And I supplied, we supplied an abundance of food. We had to. Because they're eating all the time. And so we supply, and God has supplied us with an abundance, and he's good with us taking, eating it. We don't, I mean, he wants us to be blessed by it and everything, but don't disrespect him and act like you're doing it. Don't just, they aren't going to disrespect me in my house. And come in there and say, hey, we're out of bread. Get me some bread. Listen, we laugh. But isn't that how we treat God sometimes? Hey, God, I need this. You better get me this or I'm going to reject you and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to come to church anymore and I'm going to quit reading my Bible. I'm going to quit praying because you aren't doing what I told you to do. That's how we act sometimes towards him. I'm going to tell you. My kids aren't going to tell me what to, go, what to do. They could say, hey, Dad, we're out of bread. I could use some more bread. We need some more bread. My brother ate the last piece of bread. They can tell me that, and I'm okay. I just text Julie. Julie, we need some more bread. She texts Walmart. Walmart, we need some more bread. Send some bread. Matter of fact, bring it to the house. We're not even going to pick it up. Just bring it in. That's, such, that's so convenient. God, praise God for that. But, uh, yeah, someone's clapping like, yeah, that's awesome. Don't have to go to the store anymore. Now that I've lost all my drivers... From my, I've lost all my kids that would run to the store because I buy the gas and, the, and give them the cars. they got to go to the store. Now they're just like, just order it online. You know? But, but guys, listen, but I'm not going to be disrespected, and God's not going to be disrespected. The beginning of wisdom is the first thing is we're living on God's time. He created everything. This is, everything's his house. The whole universe is his creation, his place. He's in authority over it. And the first thing we have to do is respect that. He said, if you'll take me seriously and respect that, he said, that's the beginning. I'll, now I'll teach you how to live. But it has to begin with that right there. Now I'll teach you how to live. Now I don't have to shake you all the time. I can just speak to you and say, Linda, listen, start doing this instead of that. Because Linda's in her word. She's reading her word every day. And it's speaking to her. She's coming to church every day. And it's speaking to her. And Brother Rich and her are talking about the word and reading the word and studying the word and hearing the word. And it's speaking to her. And she, God doesn't have to shake her. He doesn't have to fling her around. He doesn't have to spank her. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to discipline. Put her in timeout. Some, some of you in this room are in timeout. 
How am I in timeout? God's went like this. Put you over here. Said, I'm not going to talk to you until you get this right. He said, I'm not going to shake you, but I'm not going to, I'm going to put you in timeout for a little while. And I'm, you're going to, you're not, you're going to be like, God, where are you? Where's your presence? He's trying to speak to you. He's saying, you haven't done the last thing I told you. So I'm going to withdraw a little bit. So you'll learn some lessons you need to learn. And you're like, God, where are you? He's, he's right there, but he's like, just like I would be as a father. I'm right here, but you're going to stay, you're staying in the corner until you get some things right. You're in time out. God's a father. And he loves us. He doesn't want to have to shake us unless he's shaking us to bless us. He just wants to speak to you. But if you won't listen, then your life will get shaken. Then the third way he speaks to us, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that in Romans 1, he said he'll give you over to what you want to do. That's the three ways he'll communicate. In Romans 1, he said, I gave them over to uh, all the sexual sin they wanted. I gave them over to what they wanted to do. I just gave them over to it. I just said, okay, I'm going to take my hand off your life. You go do what you want to do. And let's see if you'll turn by me just letting you go and do what you determined to do. And, and you're getting those results. Let's see if you'll, you'll turn even then. That's a dangerous place to get to. One of my sons, I, I told him his... Uh, I had to tell him he was just being disrespectful. And, and uh, I told him, I said, son, go pack your bags. I turned him over. I said, go do what you want to do, but you're not doing it in this house. Hardest thing I've ever done. I cried for three weeks. Hard. Hard. Because I love my children. But God told me to do it, and I, I obeyed his word. Even though my flesh didn't want to, I listened to God. And I, and I, I, I wept when he walked out of the house. The first thing he did is he got my best suitcases. <laughs> so I had to tell him, you're not taking, you go get a trash bag. And even that hurt me. That my son's carrying his clothes in the trash bag. And I said, you're blessed you're taking your clothes because I paid for all those too. You paid for a few of them, that's the ones you should be leaving with. You're blessed you're not leaving naked. But I said, take your clothes, go. And so I had to watch him carry his trash bags down the street. Man, I just cried. He didn't see me cry, but I cried. I cried every night. I was up every night at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning praying, God, keep him safe. Bring him home. He finally came home after about three weeks, but, man, it was the toughest three weeks I've had. Julie and I, man, we were so, we cried. We cried every night. Please bring him home, Lord. But I knew it was the right thing to do, that I had to just give him over. I just let him go do what he wanted to do. He came back, and we never had another problem with him again. But I'm telling you, God, you don't want God to turn you over. Listen, don't keep pushing him that he can't even correct you. Number one thing we need to do is we need to fear God. We need to show him respect and honor and reverence that he's due. That he's due. And when we do, he says, I'll pour out my wisdom into you. How to live this life and navigate these waters. No matter how bad it is, no matter how evil the world is, it won't matter. You'll walk right through it. He said, he said, you'll go in deep waters, but it won't cover, it won't cover you. It won't, it won't overtake you. He said, it won't overtake you. Matter of fact, not only will it not overtake you, that if you trust Jesus, he'll have you walk right on the top of it. Everybody else is sinking and drowning, and you're just cruising. You're cruising along because you're following the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is your leader. He's your Lord, and you're following him, and he'll just take you right through it. 
He'll take you over the obstacles. He'll take you out of the valleys of when you're down and things look down. He'll lead you right out of that valley to a place, what does it say in Psalms? To a place of feasting. Right in the presence of your enemies. I love how God thinks. In the pre- he doesn't just say, I'll take you out of the valley of the shadow of death and I'll take you to a feast. He says, I'm going to have the feast right in the presence of your enemies that put you there. You're going to be feasting and they're going to be so mad. It says it's like heaping hot coals on their head. They're going to be like, I thought I beat them. And you're just in there feasting on God's goodness, man. And, you know, There's nothing worse than to see somebody that you're mad at happy. Doesn't it make you mad? It's like, mm, why are they so happy? Right? He said, I'll have you feast right in the presence of your enemies. Listen, our, our God is he's good. He loves you. But he's not going to be disrespected by you. You're not going to treat him like he doesn't matter. You're not going to treat him that, like uh, he has no right to speak. You're not going to treat him like that. And there's nowhere you can go that's not his creation. That's not his home. What he is in authority over. He said, you can go to heaven or hell, and I'll be there. You go to the deepest part of the ocean, I'll be there. You go to the highest heavens, I'll be there. He said, you can't get away from me. He said, matter of fact, what you can't get away from is my love. I'll always love you. I'll always try to love you. I'll always try to pull you in. But the the relationship is mutual. It's a mutual relationship that has to take place. He's already chosen. He loves you. He said it first. He says it the most. He died to prove it. He said, I'm going to prove how much I love you. I'm going to die for your sins. I'm going to pay your price. What you owe, I'm going to pay. I love you. Now, he put the ball in our court. What's our response to that? How are we going to respond? And he'll, he's got, he's, God's a big God. He doesn't, if you reject him, he doesn't go, oh, you hurt my feelings. No, he goes, oh, please. If you reject me, it'll cost you everything. Please don't. It'll cost you everything. He's not insecure like we can be when we get rejected. He's not insecure. He gets all huffy and puffy and like, okay, you want to reject me? I'm going to reject you back. No, he'll pursue you even more. He'll pursue you to your last breath. He'll pursue you to your last thought in your brain. He'll pursue you. To try to save your life. So listen, if you're here right uh, online listening, and you're listening tonight, or you're listening next week, or right here in this room, I ask you just to close your eyes. I want you to think about your life, where you're at. Are you experiencing the goodness of God and the favor of God? Are you experiencing His help, His wisdom? Or are you just trying to do things the way you were taught as a child or within the culture of Roswell or, or New Mexico, our culture here? Are you just trying to fit in? Are you trying to just do what you think and your opinion and your way? If that's working out great for you, keep doing it. But I know it wasn't working out great for me. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn you. I came to save you. Why does he not have to condemn us? Because we're already condemned. Once we sin one time, we're condemned. Once we're born from Adam and Eve, we're condemned. And every human being on the planet comes from Adam and Eve. Science has even proven through our DNA that we all come from two people. Prove the Bible true once again.
your choice, though. He loves you. He wants you to go to heaven forever with, with us and with family members that have loved Jesus, that have gone before you. And he wants you to have a life worth living in this life. I was 18 when I made that decision. I was still a senior in high school. But I know people that have made that decision in fifth grade. I know people at 13 and 14 that said, I'm giving my life to Jesus, man, what lives they're living now. I have several of them I'm on our staff right now, and several of them I know in the church. Man, they're, they're oh my gosh, it's not, it's not trouble-free, it's not trial-free, but man, even in the trouble and the trials, there's a peace, there's a, there's a wisdom, there's a way to navigate through, there's victories coming, just overcoming them instead of being overcome by issues and problems. What do you want? Jesus has already proven he loves you. What are you going to do? So here's your opportunity. Here's the invitation. If you've never prayed and said, Jesus, you're the Lord. God, I, I, I respect you. I reverence you. I understand that you're the creator of all, all things, all good things. All good things. He didn't create any evil, any bad things. Our sin and Satan and human beings cooperating with Satan instead of cooperating with God have created all evil, all sin. All bad things come from us in, in Satan. Not one bad thing comes from God. He's neither tempted by evil nor does he tempt with evil. He wants to save your life tonight. Give you a life worth living in heaven for an eternal home. Your choice. If online you've never prayed and you want to tonight, man, text us right now and say, or give us, send us a message, however that works, and say, man, I'm praying for the first time. Or maybe it's the next time. Maybe you've prayed before and you're like, man, I've run away and I know how bad this has got. I'm coming home. Text, send us that message. In this room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three if it's your first time or your next time. You're like, man, I need to get right. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and then put it down. And we're just going to pray right where you're seated right where people are online you might be watching this in the airport someplace like that wherever you're at you can still pray so if you're in this room and you want to get right with God whether your first time or your next time on the count of three just raise your hand up high and say it's me it's me and then put your hand down one two three just put your hand up say I'm going to get right with God tonight thank you all over this room thank you that's incredible He's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of a many multiple chances, another chance and another chance. He'll always give you another opportunity to get it right. So let's pray with all these that raised their hand, all these online. Say this with me. Say, God, I believe you are God and God alone. That you sent Jesus because you love us. You love me. That you created me for a purpose, on purpose. I'm not an accident. I have a purpose. You raised Jesus from the dead to rescue us from death, eternal death in hell. You saved us from that. And I thank you for that. 
And because I believe all of that, I ask you, God, to forgive me all for all the times I've disobeyed your word every time I've sinned. And I receive your full forgiveness right now. And I say to you that Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. I surrender my life to you. From my heart, out of my mouth, I surrender to your Lordship. And I ask you now, by the Holy Spirit that's now living in me, to teach me how to live your way, the truth, and the life that you created me for, in this life, in the next. And I thank you for saving my life, restoring my life, and teaching me how to live life to the full. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for his goodness. If you prayed with Pastor tonight, as you leave, there's someone at every door. Please let them know that you prayed. We have some information, some books we'd like to give you. If you have any questions, please let them know. They'll be glad to answer them for you. Would you stand up with us tonight?